Good morning, everybody. This is Judith Hick. Hope you're listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. Just want to say thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing. You guys are amazing. Uh, I really do appreciate everything that you're doing to help grow the podcast. Uh, Thank you for enjoying the content. (laughs) You know, I recognize it's very caregiver heavy, but as I've stated many times, over these 1500 episodes that are available. Uh, This is a stream of consciousness podcast. It's right off of my head in the morning uh, when I get to my office. And this is what I'm thinking. So I used to be able to do it every day. Uh, Then it just became, you know, as a caregiver, if you have a person that you have to take care of, especially someone with Alzheimer's, you might as well just say, hey, interrupt me nonstop. You know, if you say, I'm just going to take this, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to chat uh, on my podcast, you might as well just broadcast to them that you want to be interrupted nonstop. So I um, can only do it when I come into the office and it's the first thing I do. And that's why you're getting so much of what I'm thinking about. And a lot of what I've been thinking about, certainly for the past four years, has been caregiving and our ups and downs. And I hope that people find some nutritional value in that because uh, there are what I think it's like eight million people caring for someone uh, with Alzheimer's now. And that might be high, might be three million. Actually, I think they don't know because I'm guessing there are people who have significant cognitive decline, but no one's taking them to the doctor to get the official diagnosis. Um, So 8 million is probably accurate. And you got people who are living by themselves right now that eventually should not be by themselves. And maybe someone will step up and take care of them. And, um, you know, nobody, I, nobody warned me. I didn't get a lot of I mean, my mom's doctor was really cool, but he was just sort of like, yep, this is cognitive decline. And she had done something really weird. I want to say this was about 2018 or 2019. She like woke me up in the middle of the night to go turn on the computer and look at her bank account. It was very bizarre. And she could not be uh, persuaded to wait until morning. It, she was she seemed out of her mind. She was like, do it, just do it. So I did, and she had no recollection of it the next day. When I mentioned that to her doctor, he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, what the hell? Now, that was a warning shot, and I didn't know. So we're we're going back 20, this is pre-COVID. I would say 2017, 2018, or 2019, one of those years. And it was very disturbing. And then I remember, you know, before COVID, I had to leave from my office every day and I had to be there for eight hours and I'd come home and it just, you know, I knew things were a little off, but it wasn't until COVID when I was home with her all day. And I was like, you are making some very weird moves, lady. And it was strange. And that's when we got the diagnosis of, um, they called it dementia. I went into her chart and it clearly said Alzheimer's on it. And I was like, shit. And then, you know, it's been that journey ever since. That's how I found out. And everything about this whole experience has been me figuring it out for myself because while her doctor was very sweet and nice, this doctor that left his practice during, like, I think right after COVID, 
Um, he was a very sweet, nice man, but they're still very limited in, in the help that they can offer because they're not thinking outside the box at all. So when you say she's up all night, she's because I had I had called him multiple times. I'm like, there's something going on with her. She's up all night. She's agitated all night. She wasn't sleeping. And he was like, well, I could put her in the hospital. And then and then he left his practice. And that was horrible because she loved him. And then the other two doctors I had after him, they were awful. And uh, I wound up putting her in the hospital because she wasn't sleeping. And this not sleeping is a huge thing with people who have dementia. And then we kind of, you know, we discovered CBD. I found her a decent doctor last year, finally, after two years of just searching and, and being endlessly frustrated with losers. Um, you know, and I'm thinking, gosh, are you guys just out here practicing because you have medical debt or or you have gambling debts or something kids in school like what your heart is not in this you don't want to take care of people who have dementia and alzheimer's it's beyond obvious even though you're still practicing you're going to come across these people they're about to be a million to two million more a year diagnosed with this and that's being conservative out of 70 million old people so anyway, I've recanted that story enough, and we are here now, and finally, we're back to a good sleeping pattern. Um, when she fell in January, everything that we had accomplished with her sleeping just got thrown out of the window because it became traumatic brain injury on top of Alzheimer's disease, which I'm telling you, that's not a combination you you want, and it was tough. But we finally have found a sleeping agent that works. The CBD keeps her calm. And, um, yeah, it's a lot. And I hope that I've provided a resource, at least for some of the alternative things, because I'm telling you, your doctor is not going to know what to do unless they're a functional medicine doctor or some sort of non-traditional doctor. They're going to give you that standard advice and write a prescription for everything and some of those drugs are just not going to work they're going to make your loved one worse and here's the kicker they know that it makes it worse they know that it either doesn't work or it makes them worse and they write you that prescription anyway and don't say shit and then you call and you're like this shit made her worse oh yeah that sometimes happens uh let's do this i mean they're just throwing shit up against the wall so anyway we're in a good little stretch She's been sleeping. I've been sleeping. Uh, and it's just been an amazing thing because the nighttime had become like a horror movie, especially after the fall. After the fall, you didn't know what you were going to get. She was going to get up. She was going to wander around. And you can't let them wander around, so you have to get up too. And I was telling one of my friends, I was like, man, it's starting to feel like a scary movie. Like you just up all night and you start hearing warriors come out to play. Like you're just trying to make it through the night. Get back to Coney Island. Yep, it's a classic movie, The Warriors. You should check it out. It holds up. It's still hilarious. I love the names of the gangs, the Baseball Furies. Yeah, and they run around dressed like the New York Yankees, and they look like a mixture of Kiss and the Yankees, and they're going to beat your ass with bats, the baseball furies. And then, you know, the Warriors, they had a cool name. Warriors come out to play. <laughs> yeah, it, it, 
but I'm not kidding. Making it through the night with someone who has Alzheimer's and they haven't found the right cocktail uh, to keep them calm is a rough, rough night. Anyway, terrible, tragic news. You, you go to the Kansas City football celebration and someone decides to start shooting. I don't have enough details, but just the fact that a woman and her children, I think, all got shot makes me think it might be domestic. I could be wrong, but it seemed like it might be targeted. That's just an odd, like most people just don't go shoot children, right? Uh, Yes, of course, there are those wing nuts that go into schools and stuff. I understand school shooters, but, you know, at a function to just randomly have a bunch of children as victims seems weird. It does not fit the standard MO. So, and who knows? Maybe this person is super mentally ill. Maybe this person was trying to kill his ex-wife. I don't know. Not a lot of details yet, but it's a tragedy and it's terrible. And uh, unlike a lot of people, I know we're not safe. If you work in a certain field and I work in a certain field, you know that these things can happen anywhere. And it's not that you feel safer. You just know that it can happen. And you make some sort of peace with it. Like, you know, this could happen. Uh, and that's true with all the crimes. So I I would like to see some healing and some peace to that community. Um, it's just lame. It's just a lame thing to happen. This love affair with guns has to end. Uh, but unfortunately it won't because this is just going to make people who feel like you, everybody should have a gun all the time. Uh, say, see, if you had, everybody had a gun, but everybody who has a gun does not know how to use a gun. I know that. I've watched a lot of people shoot at a lot of things and miss. Uh, they don't do target practice. They're, they're not into the aesthetics of owning a gun. They just are afraid and they want to harm people before they harm them. And then in a case like this, who knows what's going on? Who knows what the person is thinking? It's just horrible. Um, and a shitty way to end a, a what should be a very cool celebration. Good for Kansas City. And it, it's just terrible. But apparently the response from the crowd was pretty good. There was a man who tackled one of the shooters, like just a dude. And he's just like, yo, can't stop him. And then he just tackles the guy. And um, that's really what it's going to boil down to, not only just with violence in our community, but everything in America. If we want to fix it, the people are going to have to fix it. Politicians are not interested in fixing our problems. They're interested in padding their pockets. Anybody who's paying any amount of attention can see that. Democrats and Republicans, they're all shady. These people are not serving us. They're serving themselves. And if we want to see a society that evolves and becomes humane, it will be because we decide to do that. And I firmly believe that. So that's my two cents on that. And sorry about the tragedy. And um, I send thoughts and prayers to everyone all the time because you're in more danger than you actually know. There's a lot going on that you don't know is happening. I was actually somewhere yesterday. I was, uh, oh, I went to the podiatrist yesterday. Lord have mercy. But the street that I turned down, I actually know there was a murder a street over from there. And I'm sure that those people in that community have no idea. 
I mean, you may know if you were home at that time, but you mostly don't know what's going on. The podiatrist, I I was yesterday years old for the first time I got shots in my feet. Whoa, I got steroid shots, and I'm not going to lie. So on my right foot, I have plantar fasciitis, and then in my left foot, I have like a partially torn ACL. Uh, it's swollen, and there's like a little knot in the back of my neck, so I got to do these stretches and, uh, you know, the therapies, and it, uh, hopefully I won't have to get surgery. Okay, so self-care, I haven't been... Everybody knows I've been neglecting myself as I had to take care of my mom more and more. It became so overwhelming. You're not even thinking about yourself. So this year I've, you know, taken several drastic steps to help myself and care for myself. So I'm excited. And I'm telling you, though, those shots in the foot and see, this girl was good. She she used alcohol on the three spots on the in my leg on the left side and then I think she did fake spots on my right because I was expecting to be poked somewhere else and baby when that needle went in on the heel of my foot I was like oh and she was like you're doing great and then it went to the side of my foot and I'm like oh <laughs> this feels horrible um but yeah I'm but I've been limping around in the evenings probably it it really got bad in the last three or four months in the evening hours and then it would go away it it was a weird thing if it hurt like that constantly I probably would have gone to podiatrist four years ago but wow needles in the feet that is that is something that that was not comfortable so anyway I'm on the mend from that and things are going well things are going well um, yeah, just moving ahead, trying to grow my businesses, uh, trying to make sure we take care of my mom top notch. I'm so pleased we're in a good window. We've had two weeks of peace. Um, I haven't been punched in a while and it seems like we found finally the right doctor, the right team, the hospice team has been amazing. And, you know, I don't know if she's what I would call better but she's just not as violent and anxiety-filled. And she's slowing down. She'll be 87 on the 19th. And she's slowing down a little bit. She, well, she slowed down quite a bit, but uh, when she fell and hit her head, um, she was in the middle of one of those manic hyperactive places. And... Uh, we haven't seen a lot. Now, she does get confused and stuff, but not not to that extreme. So it, that's a win. That's That's been huge. And we're just trying to navigate the end of her life with some dignity and grace, which is not something the American healthcare system seems interested in doing. It, it's hard to keep your dignity when you're peeing and pooping all over yourself. And, you know laying there and forgetting who you are and it's just sad she did know who I was for a brief moment yesterday and it was really sweet because she was just randomly she was like well I don't know about that Judy and I was like ah and I gave her a hug she was like what I was like you know who I am she was like yeah and then it was gone but it was cute 
Um, but yeah, for the most part, that's life. Um, everything's moving ahead. Uh, I wish we'd stop killing each other and shooting each other and harming each other. Um, but you know, it's going to take a massive humanitarian effort to evolve us to the next level, but I'm confident we can do it. We just have to want to. So that's all I got for you today. Oh, real quick. I know Monique's back in the news. Look like her son. So she has an older son. I want to say he's in his 30s. And she's been open that she was not a great mom to him. And apparently he's decided to get on TikTok and all these places and speak his side. And uh, he does not have a good relationship with his mother or his stepfather. I think the stepfather in this instance sort of seems like a jerk. Um, But I'm going to be honest with you. If you started talking to all the kids of famous people, especially who were kids before the people got really successful when they were out there hustling, they all have the story. They're all the same way. I never saw my mom. I never saw my dad. You know, Whitney Houston, it looked like she was raising Bobby Christina, but Bobby Christina was being raised by an aunt. You know, you can't have a massive career and be a great parent. It's just like now when people are saying, well, I I want uh, uh, more passive income or I want to build my business. Well, okay, when you're out at the club or when you're... Uh, going to trunk parties. When you're doing all those things, you're not working on your business. It's the same with your kids. When you're out at a comedy club at three in the morning, you're not home with your kids. So of course he has a terrible story. She wasn't successful when he came along. And she said, even on Club Shay Shay, she said, I was a better parent with my younger kids. Well, why? Because you had more money and time. Now, I can't speak on, you know, the relationship with the stepfather. Like, her husband seems like a very strong and domineering personality. And while Monique may cotton to that and like that, I would imagine a male child would bristle to that without even knowing the details. But I'm not going to speak on nobody's family. Families are challenging. They're the only organizations you will be a part of that you can't have any say on who else can be in it. And it looks like, you know, well, she married him after she had already had her son. So she made a choice. Yeah, she did make a choice. A lot of people make a lot of choices. And depending on how you feel about having a partner, some people will throw anybody under the bus so they can have the partner they want. That's human nature. Women do it all the time. And I think we have a weird hang up in our society that all women are maternal, that all women are nurturers that all women should throw everything to the to the wind for their children. And everybody don't do that. I actually know someone, uh, a relative, who left her two sons. She, she just never came back to get them. Left them with uh, their dad. And it's like, you know, this notion that every woman is supposed to just drop everything and be a great mom. Everybody's not even capable of being a great mom. And I'm not judging her, and I'm not saying this is Monique's thing, but it's like, you know, you read these comments on the internet. See, she up here talking. Go go ask Tom Hanks' oldest kids what it was like before he got famous. Go ask any of these people whose parents were famous. Poor Tatum O'Neill. Her dad was famous, 
and got her into acting and she got famous and their relationship was terrible. I mean, come on. I just think that's a non-story and it's none of our business. And I get that he wants to talk and share his side, but, you know, that's family business. And I don't feel privy to to having a uh, judgment or anything about somebody's family and what they do privately. Now, the stuff she said about the film business, a lot of it was very spot, spot on and very accurate. And I support her in that. But I'm not going to get into what her family and her son and I mean, he's a grown man. And if if they decide not to have a relationship, what does that have to do with us? And they could all be dead ass wrong. It's none of our business. I don't I mean, nobody wants to open up their family to, to scrutiny like that. I know I don't. So, you know, it's none of our business. And I think it should stay that way. And I I don't think it's fair to judge how she was as a mom uh, and and maybe to have some feelings about the dad, the stepfather, and the way the stepfather kind of doesn't acknowledge that the boy, ex- the man exists. That seems a little shady, but this guy seems like he's very domineering and you're either, it's either his way or the highway. And that might work well for her and her career and her and her marriage, but it might not work well anywhere else. But that's Monique's choice, not ours. We need to mind our own business. All right, everybody. Uh, I think that's about it. I have some stories to tell. I'm going to tell them, but for now, I just want to say those things. And uh, put the guns down. Learn how to communicate. And if you're scared, just be scared. If it's an ass-whooping coming your way, especially if you deserve it, just take it. You don't have to shoot nobody. Because that's really what happens more than not. It's a domestic situation or it's somebody who's afraid and they'd rather shoot you than fight you. And that's problematic. And I don't know the details in Kansas City, but based off of things I've seen for myself, it's problematic. Let's take care of each other and let's not kill each other. People are violent. I accept that. I accept that there's a level of violence that comes with the human experience, but a lot of it could be handled differently. A lot of it is just because you're scared and you don't want to admit it. That's something different. All right. Later, warriors.